Yeah, that's right, everybody. Very excited for today's episode of the Joe Kilgallen Podcast. I'm Joe Kilgallen, obviously. Thank you for everyone for subscribing to the YouTube channel. You guys are the shit. Big shout out to my Patreon supporters. Subscribers, supporters, we'll say supporters. I like the way that sounds better. Uh, thank you so much. Just added a bunch of bonus content. If you're listening to the podcast for the first time in a while, we've got bonus content up with Ryan Dempster, former Chicago Cubs pitcher, current MLB analyst, also host of Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster on the Marquee Sports Network. Lisa Traeger from Netflix, Comedy Central. Uh, my man, Ed Towns, Community Chanel producer. So I got a lot of really cool uh, bonus stuff there, as well as with CJ Taladano that I just added. He is an executive producer at House of Highlights and also a great stand comedian in his own right. Today's episode I'm very excited for. I have uh, a woman on that I've known for, shit, I want to say like over a decade now. I feel like maybe, no, maybe 2012, eight years or so. Uh, she's great. This is one of the coolest people I've ever met. Got a lot of great stories with her. She is a co-owner of a place called Fly Club Chicago, which we'll be talking a lot about that. It's a pole dancing slash yoga studio, as you saw by the, her amazing, amazing pole dancing moves in the intro. So enough about me. Without further ado, let's bring on our guest, the one, the only, Caitlin Marco. What is up, Caitlin? Hey. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me. This is really exciting. Is this the first time you've ever been on a podcast? Yes. One that matters, oh, yes. One, Yes, that's the answer, the only <laughs> answer there. Well, I'm yeah, excited 100%. about that. That's pretty cool then. I'm also excited because I feel like you're such a well-rounded person. A lot of times I have comedians on, and comedians are so one way. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I mean, they're interesting. They're funny, of course. But, like, yeah. they just, you, I feel like, have a well-balanced worldview in the sense that I don't think a lot of people would assume someone who's, like, an expert in yoga and pole dancing is also like a diehard hockey fan. <laughs> this or is like true. A die, yeah, or a diehard yeah. stand-up comedy fan. So you, you got a lot of that going on. This and is true. I feel like a bad friend right now because I can't remember what your like background is. I know you like graphic design and like I know you did a really good job. Yes. I, know that. I know you work for a great company. Uh, but what exactly give us a little bit of your background. Yeah, so uh, my muggle job, my, my, my daytime, is uh, tech marketing. So I work for uh, a tech company, and I do marketing for that. So we're, we're marketing like a technology solution, a security technology solution, so the, the nerddom gets even more progressive um, to other businesses. So that's what wow. I do okay. on my daytime. And yeah. that's why you, they sent you to San Francisco, because you were in San Fran for like a year or so, right? They did. Yeah, the industry is out in San Francisco. Like, all the tech giants are out there. And so that's where the industry is. But then, because I work in tech, I got to, to come back and be able to work from Chicago, but still that's work awesome. for a tech company. Yeah. To work from home. Nice. Did I screw up by saying San Fran? Do the people who live there, they don't like that, right? Every, everyone, yeah, everyone booed right now when they heard San Fran. Oh, too bad for them. <laughs> it's the city. By the way, I realize I am so fucking white on this camera right now. You are white. I'm trying a new lighting, and I think I was testing it earlier when there was, like, sunlight pouring through, so now I'm like, damn, I am fucking white. (laughs) Your reflective tape is what I like to call it. I am a little bit. Um, Maybe I'll mess with the lighting if it bothers me anymore. But I want to get right to uh, your pole dancing studio, which... Uh, we're, it's going to happen one day. We're going to combine comedy and pole dancing, and it's going to it's going to blow the world away. It is because Absolutely. people right people do burlesque and stand up, and that's kind of like a cool, sexy thing. Yes, take it up a notch for pole dancing. Yes. You are co-owner of a pole dancing studio in the South Loop here in the great city of Chicago called the Fly Club, or is mm-hmm. it just Fly Club? It's just Fly Club, but I like the I like the pronoun on top of it. The well, makes it I think sound regal. We, we got a Justin Timberlake it in the movie uh, Social Network. <laughs> 
drop the drop the, the yeah get yeah, rid of it. Fight Club is way better. I screwed that up. <laughs> so, what got you into pole dancing? Um, a lot of things. So one, I've never been a dancer or a gymnast or a gym freak, and I've never Can I been strong. Stop you for a second. Yes. I love that we could hear sirens in the background. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's funny to me because on my YouTube channel today, I posted yeah. a joke about the murders in Chicago. Oh, yes. Uh, about Chicago's murder rate. And then yes. here you are in downtown Chicago or just yeah. outside it, whatever. I'm not telling people where you live. And We're killing it. I'm killing it. Yes. Yeah, you remember the punchline. There you go. One of the punchlines. And it's funny that you got the ambulance in the background. Anyway, without further ado, so back to, <laughs> back to pole dancing. Yeah, it's, it's rough life out here in Chicago. Um, yeah. Yeah, what, what was I doing? Oh, yeah, so I was, I've never had, like, a, a fitness background, and I've always been, like, a string bean and, like, really kind of frail and not strong. And so I had started yoga, and I loved that, and it did a lot for my strength. Um, but I was looking for, like, a more feminine movement, I should say. Um, and I also wanted to be able to, like, out chin up my guy friends and I needed something that would combine those two that was like not going to the gym and I could like beat up my my guy friends so that combination kind of landed me at pole so that's kind of why I started it and uh, is that what you're trying to tell me right yes now? You, you yes I'm ready yeah I mean six years I of pole I, oh no six years ago when we met you for sure would have won now nah not well, a chance here's what you need to understand though uh -huh. I could beat up a lot of people who have way more skill than I do because mm -hmm. I'm fucking crazy, Caitlin. You are. I I, I remember your that, bar fights. Yes, I where you like that other people won't. Yeah, you almost broke somebody's neck over something. Yeah, drunken fight. Which time? I don't even know which time. The time you I think you, neck, you, you, be you lost your wedding ring. That, that time, one. yeah, that's true. I did almost break someone's neck, but you, for you know, sure it's cold outside. Don't start fights when it's fucking cold out. Don't. It's slippery out. Very slippery. So I would be on him. Really, I feel like. If the authorities would have came, I would have been like, what's this guy doing? You got a polar vortex it's, going on? It's fair getting, game. Loud? Under yeah, freezing, it's fair game. Yeah, there's yeah. a whole nother. I think self-defense is important, and I'm sure you would beat my ass. Obviously, I'm kidding a little bit. But I do think some people overestimate that. Sometimes, if you're just a little bit out there, and you're not afraid to do the things, because yeah. you could. there are people who train all day long in different self-defense disciplines, so true. And then when push comes to shove, when it really gets down to time to it, you know, there's an old yeah. adage that they say in combat sports, you can plan all you want, but everything changes when you get hit in the face. You know, you get popped in the head and it's like your whole game plan goes off the window. I believe that was in the art of war. Yeah, I think you're right. For sure. It sounds like the art of war. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, though, Paul, so you wanted to combine. I, so when you yeah. said feminine movement, though, I would have thought yoga, yoga seems very feminine to me. Yeah, I mean... It for sure is, but historically, like the the creation of yoga was actually a fitness regimen and also like a philosophy that catered to men. It was for men's bodies. Um, so even though it's been adopted by women in the Western side of things, it was a, it was a male form of like movement for them. Um, so Why do you think guys got away from it then. Ah, uh, I I don't know. Like the, the like the unitard type stuff. I, it's funny, like every guy friends and. I'm going to throw you into that as well. It's like they all done like sports and they were taught to stretch poorly. And then as they like matriculated through like high school sports, through college sports, and then either intramurals or they're going professional, like everyone like stopped stretching right. And so there's like this yoga, which is like a perfect exercise for them. And it trains their like mental aptitude on top of it that they're like, that's for ladies. Nah, I'm good. It's kind of 
Yeah, I think yeah. more and more people are getting over that. I think a slowly. lot of professional. Yeah, slowly. But you hear yeah. about a lot of professional athletes, football players, running backs, especially, I believe, who have, yes. they've trained in ballet even. They've trained like, they ballet. They just want to be light on their feet. Yeah. And the idea of bulk versus lean muscle, I think the trend is going towards leaner muscle it's, instead of bulking up. Yeah. Uh, yes, unless you're like a linebacker. Yeah. I mean, I got real stiff in high school. I remember the coach even mentioned it. I was working out for football. Mm -hmm. And then when baseball season was rolling around, I got really stiff. Yeah. And I remember my coach saying like, yeah, you maybe you should be, yeah. Kind of like kind of being a dick. He was telling me I should just go maybe focus more on base or football, which maybe I should have. I think I was, it's weird because I grew up being like really really good at baseball, but then I slowly could have gone something in football, but then I broke my leg and that was that. Uh, yeah, should have done. But yoga. yeah, I definitely think I was. Uh, what's that? I should have done yoga. I, that's where I'm getting at. It's like yeah. I should have totally. Although a broken bone, you can't stretch a broken bone. No, but you can. You can. <laughs> yeah, but there's like scar tissue involved, and then you're opening up the range of motion again, and then it's like it's not, it's. I don't know. It's like it's like healthy physical therapy that's over a longer <laughs> period of time, right? You don't have like your short bursts of physical therapy, like yoga is like a, a daily practice at your own pace type of thing. Yeah, no, yeah. you're right, and you have also known me well enough to know that even though you're an expert, I'm gonna throw some shit that's gonna doubt everything <laughs> you say. <laughs> Bring I'm it. Just an asshole. <laughs> no, I know I it's it. yeah. See, I I think so. All right, I want to talk about the pole dancing, but I feel like we got to go off of yoga as the foundation here. For me, it was yeah, absolutely. Like yes. all the strength that um, that I gathered, it translated itself to to pole, like very much. Um, and then pole complemented it from like the the arm strength because you really need strong arms, upper body in order to, to be able to like hold on. It's very similar to rock climbing, which I also like got into it all kind of played together. But on the feminine movement side of things, like when you enter the pole world, like you're, it's very unfamiliar because like you're holding onto this giant metal rod. It's not a normal thing That's that you said. do. <laughs> Did she say that? Who is she giving she, hand jobs to? <laughs> I don't know. That would be pretty weird, though. That would be said. like RoboCop. Like <laughs> RoboCop would probably. I would hope he would have some sort of metal rod. It'd be yeah. very sad if he was just a, the like a metal Ken doll down there. Oh, yeah. that's so disappointing. That would yeah. be. Because that yeah, absolutely I can't would the be. the RoboCop movies, but I don't remember him getting down with anyone. He was kind of always not at all. back into his real life. We're Terminator. You think it would be now Wolverine? His boner would be interesting. That's that's interesting. Because I don't know, I think it's probably still just a regular dick. It's but yeah, it is. Metal to it. I wonder if the metal, the adamantium, did it get around it? Yeah, that's bone graft though. Like bone graft. Act, not boner graft, but bone graft. Well, see now, someone needs to rewrite it so it gets boner graft. Yeah, I think I think Hugh Jackman needs to redo that movie completely. I think if I were volunteering, there you go. If I was volunteering for the Weapon X program, I would be like, what can we do in the dick game if I'm yeah. going to risk everything? Yeah, but if we're going to make all these improvements. Exactly. I feel, throw it feel in. like that would that'd be part of it, right? Yeah. So you're on this giant metal rod. Yeah, so <laughs> like you are, like you do. Um, but it's like, it's super really, it's really foreign. And your grip strength is not there yet. And sort of like holding on, everyone's like kind of sliding all over the place trying to hold on. And so that's your arms start to get engaged. But the sexy movement kind of comes in play because it's just like, it's fun. And you forget that you're working out and you're just doing like this, like, you know, these sexy twirls and like floor work is a big part of it. And a lot of like, you know, loving on your body, all that stuff. 
So it, it disguises itself as a work workout and really like kind of tunes you into like this like feminine energy that you have and how do you display that into like this public or kind of, you know, outward expression okay, around so the whole. On that notion, mm -hmm. what do you say to like you know, dumb guys out there, many of whom probably listen to this podcast. I love you, dumb guys. I'm often a dumb guy, too. I'm what do you say to those guy. dudes who are like, oh, yeah, what, are they, what, what kind of damn female empowerment? What are they doing gliding on poles? Huh? Isn't that what strippers do? Like, so what sure. would you say to those dudes? Yeah, um, that's definitely the the norm. And that's like, that's why pole dancing as like a fitness is so like taboo. Because it's like, oh, are you a stripper? Are you a stripper in training? Oh, my God, I'm so funny. Um, but it's really more about like taking that movement back from men as like a male form of entertainment and more of like a way for women to express themselves. That's not for the man, you know, so that's pretty it's great owning it's owning your sexuality for yourself and for no one else. And then what you do with that, if you want to take it to a strip club. And oh, shit. Sorry. Did you lose me? I'm back. Are you fixing your lighting? I lost you for lighting? a split second there. <laughs> No, I wasn't fixing the lighting. You know what it was? There was like some sort of crumb thing that was on the keyboard that had been bothering me. And I went to like flick it. And when I did that, I hit enter and you went away for a split second. Oh, you were back. So fine. female empowerment. Yes. I love the idea of taking something back. Because, mm -hmm. you know, that's what the N-word is all about, in a, in a, essentially. That's why black people could say it and white people can't. And 100%. that's great. White people, we should not say that. You shouldn't want to say it. And that's that, what it's yeah. about. If I could quote a great friend of ours, really, Danny Callis, wonderful Chicago comedian, everyone, and founder of Comedians You Should Know, the greatest stand-up comedy show in the history of stand-up comedy shows, independently <laughs> produced. He yeah. had a great joke about how he had a friend growing up named Cheeseburger Tooth. And it was okay for him and his friends to call that guy Cheeseburger Tooth, but if someone outside the group called him Cheeseburger Tooth, they weren't having it. Yeah. Because it's like, and so women are like, you know what? You're taking, you're saying pole dancing is like us serving you or whatever fucking bullshit, mm -hmm. you know, macho stuff. Well, we're going to own it. We're going to take it back and it doesn't have to be for you. We could also rock this pole too. I'm yeah. into it. I like yeah. it. 100%. You know what I propose? What? I want to come down to the pole dancing studio. Yes, please. And I want to film you teaching me some stuff. Oh my God. Because I think the comedy there and the, and the content, I'm just saying looking for the content. Yes. Uh, is going to be pretty great. Can when can we do this? What are you doing tomorrow? Fridays are tough. What are you doing Saturday? Uh, the this weekend isn't good, but sometime next week we could set something up. Okay. Well, we're doing a, a drone photo shoot on the rooftop on August 1st. So we could totally get a drone video of you flying around on the pole. That sounds great. I mean, I'll, I'll bring yeah. a camera too. And then uh, if we want to do this right, we get multiple camera shoot going. Oh, yeah. We need multiple angles, edit it, and splice it together. I just It'll be very light. Steven Spielberg. All right, I'm into that. Cool. Yeah, so what urged you to start your own business, though? Because a lot of people mm. have hobbies, you know, yeah. or things that they're, like, really passionate about, yoga slash pole dancing for you. But 100%. what made you say, the hell with it, I'm going to get into this game. I'm going to start my own. Yeah, that had a lot to do with, I've, so one, I'm entrepreneurial at heart. Um, the other side of it is that my pole dance instructor, who's now the partner, my partner at Fly Club, she had been teaching out of her living room for 
like 10 years or so. That's where I started taking classes out of her living room. She has like three poles in there, so she was holding classes. That's a sick living room right there, huh? Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, you awesome. walk into that living room, you gotta be pretty excited. Yeah, like it's going down. Like you gotta, yeah. you gotta come to play. It's, <laughs> it's no small feat. Um, and I met her, a wonderful person. Yes, yeah, she's, she's my soulmate. She's the yin to my yang. Um, so when, when I had moved to San Francisco, like she had still been teaching out of her house and it was coming to the point where I was ready to move back and she was ready to like get out of her living room. Cause one of the things with pole is that like when you do competitions and you do performances, you have height requirements for the poles and you have to have distance requirements, um, for your static pole and your spin pole. So in her living room, like as accommodating as it was to be able to teach, it wasn't competition level. And she competes, she's absolutely amazing. And she's been competing for like around 15 years now or so. Um, and she'd have to always go and rent space from other studios or travel the world to, to find studios that were competition ready with the right poles, the right height, all that stuff. So she was ready to move out. So it kind of just became this like perfect cluster of timing where I was coming back to Chicago. I was ready to start my own thing. I had just sold my startup. And so she was ready to get out of her house. And while it was absolutely hectic and pure chaos, but it, it, it worked. And so that's kind of where we kind of met in the middle. I mean, you had a startup that you sold? I didn't know that. I had, well, I was a part of a startup um, part of that we sold. Course. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. So the what best was the startup it was another tech thing that you were doing. It was another tech thing. It was in application security nerd here. So um, application securities would be yeah. like protecting the applications from like being hacked and stuff like that. Hundred percent. All right, yes. cool. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty ignorant to a lot of tech stuff. So do you remember that Ashley Madison breach where like that that sugar yeah. daddy matchmaker you can it like cost cheat me in my first marriage. Yeah, no, that exact I've only one. I married once, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do remember that Ashley Madison breach. It was yeah. uh, Ashley Madison is a website for those of you who don't know mm -hmm. that specializes in people who want to cheat on their husbands and wives. Yeah. But it's mostly wives, right? Are there women signed up for it too? I mean, it very to not as many, but yeah. But it's that sort of like had they had had this product they wouldn't have had this exposure. The data wouldn't have gotten leaked and, and all this stuff. So it's like that that use case is what the the company protected. I against. always wondered though, did, did when people do a hack like that, they're just looking for big names. Were they really selling out like yeah. Mike Johnson who lives in St. Charles, Illinois and just, you know, was trying to look for something on the side. Actually, which is a piece of shit move, don't get me wrong, but Yeah. Who knows? Maybe his wife was a horrible person, was beating him every day. And this is like this is true. She deserved it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah. Spit it around every now but, and then. Because um, it's always the dude that's the worst. Sometimes. It is. Yeah. Oh, yeah leak that. Easy. Leak it on Facebook. Leak it, tell everyone. There's. I, I can go down things. a rabbit hole with hacker stuff, but even like you know your your Joe Smiths of the world, their email addresses are are you know they cost money on the like you can sell them for money on the black market to have that email address and then that hacker can take that email address and then go after your bank account and just like attack everything so go after bank accounts go after like insurance change your social security number like can just go at it so even if it's not a high profile person they can go so you could could you hack if you wanted to i have been taught some things yes yes how about that hacker slash <laughs> entrepreneur 
slash yoga slash pole dancer expert. I'm giving you the expert status. Thanks. Would you, con- would you consider yourself an expert, right? I would say I'm advanced. Yes. Advanced. That's a good. I like that. Yeah. One. Okay. Hockey always improving for sure. I'm always I'm always finding out something new about you, Caitlin. And, and <laughs> color me lot. impressed every time. Oh, thanks. All right. So you're going for it. You're looking for a location. You and your partner and a little bit more. How'd you fly club, by the way, badass name. Thank you. We were we were back and forth on the name a lot. Our original name was supposed to be Aerial Graffiti. That was our first love. Um, and then it sounds Aerial Graffiti though. I get it. Yeah. But to me, that sounds like a person. Oh, I do didn't think how, about like, that. Yeah. I don't know if pole dancers do this, mm-hmm. but in the world of burlesque, they have a burlesque name. Yes. Like uh, Adam Burke, who's a comedian, who's been on the podcast a bunch. Mm-hmm. He has a burlesque name. This. He has no, his, his girlfriends are burlesque I, dancers. She's oh, great. God, I got Eva so LaFiba. Eva LaFiba, which is a cool name. And then there's, uh, I know another uh, girl, uh, woman named Porcelain Pistol. So they That's have a great like that. name. It's cool, right? Oh, so my gosh. I think Michelle Lamore, she's like the queen. Yes. yes. She's the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, if you guys don't know who Michelle Lamore is, look her up. She's like the like queen bee of uh, burlesque. Yeah. Anyhow. Aerial Graffiti, if there were to be names for pole dancers, mm. Aerial Graffiti, that's a badass one right there. That is a badass name. Or and you're right, there artist. there are, like, we do have stage names um, for, for pole. Like, my, my partner's name is Divine M. She competes under Divine M. I like um, that. Yeah, it's, it's very, very fitting. What's, she is quite divine. What is Caitlin Marco's name? Um, okay, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> Uh, why are you embarrassed or a little bit? No, I love it aggressively. No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. No, I'll tell you. Um, it's Black Mamba, but this is why. Because it sounds like cultural appropriation already. Exactly, right Right off the gate, you're like, uh, okay, so it's from Kill Bill. So in my pole journey, we would have um, what we call free dances, and it's like you put on music, put on your favorite song, and like the stage is yours, the poles are yours, like dance it out. And the feedback when we were in class and I would be doing my free dance is, is that I, <laughs> I dance kind of like an assassin. Um, and that, like, I'm just, I'm going to kill you. Like, the eye contact. I don't know what it is, but it's very, like, eye Uma contact. Thurman, Kill Bill style. Yes. And eye contact's big, by the way. That's good. That's good it's dancing. very, like, you know, you got you to gotta do it. And then with my background in, like, in, in Japanese and having studied with monks and all that thing. It's just like Uma Thurman was like my spirit animal. And so therefore Kill Bill, Black Mamba came up. So I started competing under Black Mamba. And when we started, we formed our first competition team. Um, th- we all adopted a Mamba name. So um, my pole, my pole team is Black Mamba, Joe Mamba, and then Gucci Mamba where it was my, my competition team. And we came and we just like crushed it. We meddled. Everyone was like, who's the Mambas? It was very funny. But yeah, it's very much a, a thing that we do. Did I hear do. you say you trained under monks? I, or was that in Kill I studied Bill? under monks you studied in Japan. Under monks? In yes. Japan. Yes. Fuck. That's where the, the yoga and the meditation and, and stuff comes from, for sure. I, I, I didn't know you were that deep into it. Yeah. Rabbit hole. You studied in Japan. That's phenomenal. Yeah. What it was, was that like? It was, it was incredible. It was like one of the like one of those like life forming moments where like you come out of it and you're like, Oh, I, I am a, I'm a cool person and I have unique thoughts and I should, you know, like act on them. Like it was, 
had so much clarity coming into a country where at first I didn't really understand the language. So I wasn't being marketed to every thought I had was like of my own. And then you go into this world of like, you know, meditation and silence and reflection. Um, and you just come out on the other side, like a much clearer version of yourself, which is, I, I want everyone to have that experience, which is why yoga is so like foundational for, for me. So, and the meditation, obviously. Yeah, meditate. That's where I'm, I'm going to go with meditation right now. That's my follow-up yeah. question for you. <laughs> You've known me f for a pretty long time, like we said, <laughs> yes. like eight, eight to ten years or so. Yes. Uh, do you think I would benefit from meditation? <laughs> no. <laughs> and here's why. Because you're a comic. Really? And I don't want you to overthink things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would have thought you would have said, hell yeah, you should definitely meditate and all this kind of stuff. Literally, I think everyone should meditate. I, honest, I honestly do. Everyone should meditate and find that space, um, especially if you have full schedules and, like, you are a dad. And so having that time for yourself to, like, like reflect on or empty, I don't say empty your mind, but slow down your thought patterns is like taking a vacation without having to take a vacation. So I, I believe everyone should do it. Um, but the practice with med meditation, it's impactful if you're compassionate with yourself. It's, it's, it can be harmful if you use meditation as a way to like constantly put on these like negative thought tracks and like, I'm going to have time for to meditate. And then you don't get out of your like negative habits. You know, you're not like opening up your awareness to things. So as a performer, I would say as long as you use it in a tool that's like helpful for you. And it doesn't dissuade you from like overthinking things. Then for sure. So your concern was as a comedian, it would put me in a state of overthinking, and that's probably not beneficial. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. I do have a follow-up though. Okay. This is interesting to me because I podcasted earlier this week with uh, C.J. Teldano. I don't know if you've ever seen him. Yes, super funny. Yeah, good dude. Yeah. He uh, him and he recently married Megan Gailey, who I know you're a fan of. Mm-hmm. I, when I was talking to him, I said, I'm like, dude, because we were talking about his journey from, you know, just being a stand-up comedian in Chicago to writing for Jimmy Fallon and, and mm -hmm. you know, working in the world of late night and then getting into, you know, like, the world of sports and everything. And I was like, oh, it's a lot of, like, law of attraction stuff. And he kind of looked at me like, I'm not really into that. And I go, yeah, but it's, I'm not saying you are into that. Right. But, you know, I've, I've read up enough about the law of attraction and seen some video stuff that it is interesting to me how often people tell their stories of success mm -hmm. and a lot of it does go by that book of yep. like, you know, getting in the right mindset and, and your focus, focus on what you can control and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So are you into the law of attraction? Um, I mean, from a meditation standpoint, for sure, of visualizing things that you want to create for yourself or let go for yourself because it's, it's a lot like sports, like you try to visualize that thing that you want and then your body replays or your mind replays it and it does like set itself in your body so that whatever that intention was will eventually come through as long as you kind of keep with that practice. So from a meditation perspective, for sure. I definitely believe it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we when I when I was talking to to him about it, we both were like, yeah, a lot of that secret stuff is kind of bullshit because the secret was like, yeah. think of a new bike and a new bike will show up. It's like, yeah. no, that's not how that works. You nah. have to work towards it. You have to yeah. put the work in. Jim Carrey was, I saw like a YouTube video with Jim Carrey oh and he was talking to Oprah back in mm -hmm. like 1996 or 95 or something. Mm -hmm. And she was like, so I heard you used to drive up to Mulholland Drive and just like, 
you know, visualize being a success. He's like, yeah, I would. Every night I would just kind of like park and stare out at the city. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, if you guys have ever been to Los Angeles or ever plan on going to L.A., take that drive up Mulholland, get out, and it's, it's gorgeous, right? It's really cool. And he would just, like, imagine being, like, this movie star. And then he wrote himself a check, like, in 1985 or something, or 87, mm-hmm. for uh, actors, acting services rendered. He wrote himself a check for $10 million. And he gave himself until, like, September of 95 to wow. cash it. And he said it was, like, it was in my wall and it just kept deteriorating because he was in there for so long. It was just, like, folded up, like, yeah. stuffed in there. And then he found out, like, two months before that he was going to get $10 million for Dumb and Dumber the Mask. And so it's like, that's insane. Wow. But then he goes, he says, he goes, yes, I really believe in the power of visualiza- visualization mm-hmm. and self-belief and all that kind of stuff. But you also have to work towards it. He goes, you can't just visualize and then go eat a sandwich. You yeah. know, I, I was visualizing and then putting the work in to make the dream come true. Yeah. So I think that's where people kind of get, you know, some people hear the law of attraction, like, ah, it's bullshit, the secret, that's nothing. I'm like, yeah, that I can understand. You can't just imagine yeah. a belly full of food and have a belly full of food. No, that's insane. But you definitely... I think whatever you focus on, you are going to get better at. Absolutely. It's just, yeah, it's, that's practice. To, it's practice. It's practice. I teach my, my three-year-old son a lot. He, um, he could write his full ABCs, which at three is very, very impressive. And yeah, and he writes very good letters. I, I'll text you like pictures. I take pictures of some of the stuff. He makes a better five than I've ever made in my entire life. <laughs> every, every number five I've ever done looks like the letter S. Always. I, I still do. I still look do. at it and I'm like, oh, that's just, that's almost an eight. I don't know what that is. Yeah, yeah his, he's got the perfect line across down. You know, it's pretty great. Ah. And I remember when he was starting, he'd get a little frustrated. Like, I don't want to do it. I'm like, no, I go, whatever you're working on, you're going to get better. Were you better today than yesterday? And I think that's like the one, not the one, I think I give a lot of good dad advice, but that's like the one I'm most, oh, I wish this was drilled into my head when I was a little bit younger. Yeah. Because you hear practice makes perfect, but that just sounds like a, like a slogan. It sounds like a poster in your first yeah. grade class. You want to see it being applied. I wish someone would say, hey, this is better than this yesterday. Yeah. Now look at this way. And that's what's nice about technology. I could take pictures on my phone and show them, here's last week, here's the today. And then yeah. you can see the evidence. See the progress. Which it's, we didn't really have back then. What was that that book about the 1%? I can't remember who wrote about it. I was, gosh, I was just having a conversation with somebody a couple of weeks ago about the 1%, where you get just 1% better every single day. And over time, that adds up to over 300% in a year. That's huge. That's huge gains. It's just 1% every every day. That comes a lot up a lot when I'm talking to people about flexibility. Like, I'm not a flexible person, and I never have been. But this, You're not? Yeah, not naturally I've flexible. I've seen your videos. Everyone, obviously, I want people to follow you on Instagram <laughs> and support what you do. Tell everyone your Instagram right yeah. now. I usually save it to the end, but let's get at the 30-minute mark, too. Thanks. Uh, it's Mad Dog Marco. Mad Dog Marco. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm going to write that down as well uh, <laughs> so everyone knows. But uh, you're not flexible, which is shocking to hear. I've seen your Instagram at Mad Dog Marco, and it's it's amazingly flexible. What do you mean you're not flexible? Yeah, it's been it's 1% every day getting better, like stretching and strengthening. Strengthening is key, but a little bit more every single day in order to, like, to get those gains. Because there are people in the world who can just, like, straight up put their – ass on their head and they have like they have Man, medical conditions most of them are contortionists um but is that a for medical like condition real quick i didn't mean to cut you off i've never yeah. heard that that's a medical condition to be a contortionist like it's you're not supposed to be able to do that they're not no, the to that people. degree usually they're freaks like i thought not, yeah usually they have we like hyper mobility yeah we can call them freaks they don't they, they know it 
They don't care. You look like you have long arms to me. Do you have long me, arms? As a person? Yes. yes. You can't tell. I don't have, so I think my wingspan's normal, but I actually have very short legs. You have, you're over six feet tall. How do you? I'm six one with shoes on, almost six two. Do you but just I, have yeah, like I five do. feet of torso? What's happening? I have a very, excuse me, I have a very long torso. My father, who's even taller than me, he's like six three, six four. He's got a very long torso. My uh, wife, who you, you know, Nicole, she's yeah. five foot six. If we go she's like hip good. bone to hip bone, yeah, my legs are only like an inch and a half longer than hers. What? And I'm seven inches taller than her. Yeah, I don't. I'm very. I'm tall from the waist up. How do your shirts fit? Where do you shop? They don't fit don't, that great. I always feel like they could fit better. They're like floating. Yeah, so they do float a little bit. I've got on my latest uh, hour that I filmed for YouTube. There's times where I'm wearing a white shirt and whites. Well, black's more slimming. I guess sure. that's true. But yeah. sometimes it looks like I'm like fat because the shirt just hangs wide. Because I get it. You know, you always get like a size bigger than I probably should. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, so yeah, I don't, okay, so you're not naturally flexible is really the lesson there, and you have yeah. to work towards it. Right, 1% every day. Visualize, I can put my ass on my head Do you and work want, towards did, it. Did you want to put your ass on your head? That was like yes. the goal? Yes. Okay, pretty good. For sure. Right, I did a lot of work there just to have this go down the bottom. Mad Dog Marco, and I spelled it wrong. You spelled it wrong. Fucking Mad man. Zero Dog. All right, whatever. You guys get it. I can't. Yeah, I should have done this before the podcast. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I, I got to do better homework, everybody. Mad Dog Marco. M A D D O G Marco. Yes. Marco Polo. There we go. Yes. I just Thank want you. people to see your work because your Instagram is great. You show, it shows you doing like pole dancing techniques and all sorts of really, and like you'll show progress. I've seen you have posts where it's like finally got to do, you know, yes. the hangman's nail. Yeah. Finally yes. got to do the, you know, Michelangelo Raphael. Finally got to do like you know the Winnie the Pooh, which is the ass on the face one. That's, that's Winnie. definitely Winnie the Pooh. I'm, I'm glad you remember that. Yes, I know. I know my pole dancing terms. Um, hangman's nail. I don't know. I made all that shit up, obviously. I feel uh, like there should be a pole move called that. I think that's really fitting. That's definitely I how feel, I feel in a lot of pole moves. So, like, I know um, in the world of yoga, they have like sitting dog and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Does, is there pole dancing names for moves? There are. And the funny thing is because there's no like doctrine that's been passed down from generations to generations, even though there is pole in China, um, the names of the, the moves that people come up with are different all over. So you go pole in Chicago, it's different from the pole tricks in LA to Boston, to the UK, to Asia. All of them are different. So you just have to get really descriptive on like what you're doing. Like we're going to do an outside leg hang, which is like... I, I forgot what it's called. I Gemini, mean, exactly I believe. How, okay, see, that's why I want the yeah. code names. Yeah, it's a Gemini. And it's, it's, it's literally, it's different for everywhere you, that you go. There's pole dictionaries that have, like, different versions of different names depending on what studio or what part of the world that you're practicing in. Because there's no, like, coalition that's going, like, we're going to call this this. It's still so new of a sport. So. so do you consider yourself a more confident person since you've become a pole dancer? Yes. Yeah. You you have to be. Like by default, if you want to pull, you have to become confident in yourself because when you start your pull journey, like I like I rolled into my yoga stuff. I had my yoga pants on, I had my yoga 
like tank top or shirt on. And then as you want to get better, uh, like more advanced tricks or more complex passes, you have to start taking the clothes off. You need skin. You need to have your belly exposed. You need to have your inner thighs exposed, your elbows, armpits. Like there's so many things that you need the skin to stick. Otherwise you're sliding right down. So you, you have to start like taking off these layers. And with that, it's like all of this self doubt and inhibitions come with it. It's just by okay, default. So we're going to wait a couple weeks before I go to your studio because I'm going to try to lose some weight. I'm going to try to shred a good five to seven pounds. Five to seven. You could, you could do what that. What would I wear? What would a beginner wear like a, like a male oh. beginner? Oh, for, for guys, you would just wear like, yeah, your basketball shorts are fine. The guys that I taught rolled in with basketball shorts. And they, it's funny because guys just naturally have like strong upper bodies, like out the gate, ready to go, um, which is I'm very jealous of, but they'll just like, okay, I want to, I want to know the hard stuff. And so they'll just like start taking stuff off because they want to know the hard stuff. They're like, I want to do some handsprings. I want to do some iron X's and all this crazy stuff. So they'll, yeah, they'll I'll go sleeveless. They'll shirt. get in there. Yeah. You cut off sleeves. Done. But I'm not going Perfect. full shirtless. That's just, I'm not into that. I've only been, I don't like being shirtless in public unless I'm getting paid. So, well, this is the route to getting you paid to be okay. shirtless in public. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I could. Yeah, all right. Sounds fun. I was just curious. I didn't know what the dudes wore. You yeah, know, basketball I, I shorts. Yeah, basketball shorts. You got to wear briefs too. You can't be flopping around, right? No, you really don't want to flop. Yeah, you really don't want to flop. Okay, now the the club open win. What when did you open the club? What a year or two ago? Yeah. So uh, technically, we started holding our first class in March of 2019. So it's just been a little over a year. I lost my light. One second. All right, we'll we'll save you there. <laughs> It just straight up fell right off my laptop. It's all right. I got gotcha. you. People listening on the audio on Apple and Spotify, <laughs> we're also filming this, and it's important to get the lighting right. Got to get the lighting right. Okay. But, Caitlin, also, I'm going to flash back here, everybody. Okay. You talked about not being naturally flexible and all that kind of stuff, but I always feel mm -hmm. like you were a natural dancer because mm -hmm. you made an appearance at my bachelor party. We ended oh up God. at the Scout, a great bar, RIP. Um, oh. we just found out, you and I just found out recently yeah. that it closed and I wanted to make an appearance, but I'm not really allowed to go to any bars right now with yeah. the whole virus thing. Um, you know, my wife being a nurse, if I were to get sick or, you know, really screw over our family because then she kind of works, she had to take care of my ass and then <laughs> no money for us. Um, yeah. so, yeah. uh, yeah, I am heartbroken about that. Um, great bar. But anyway, you, I remember you dancing and everyone mm -hmm. being like, she can move. She's got some hips. I've got some hips. That's that's pretty much my extent of my my dance background. Is your what was this song you were going party. nuts for? Um, Mac the knife. The return. No. <laughs> no, return of the Mac. There return of the Mac. Mac the, Mac knife. the knife is like a song from the fifties or yeah. something. Yeah. Also great. Also, yeah, I, would, I would turn up for that. But no, it's Mark Morrison. Return of the Mac. For sure. Yeah. Still is. I will stop everything. I will clear the floor. With that now, song. in pole dancing competition, you would you dance to a would you pole to would you, you say dance or you say pole? Would you pole to a song like that? Have you I've never not thought, thought about it. This is like your favorite no. song. You've never thought to pole dance. What are give us your playlist? What are some of the songs you've competed oh, to? Shit, competed to? Okay, so um, in excess, he did a cover of um, "The Passenger" by Iggy Pop. 
It's actually on the Batman soundtrack. Forever soundtrack, but it's like much darker. The cover though, yeah. Oh, Michael Hutchinson, I love his voice. I, uh, R.I.P. I wish he was back, but he did a, a cover of that, and it's like so dark. I, I live in a very dark music place, um, which is so great. I love that. Um, other things, I actually have a playlist. I'm pulling it up of all of my my poll songs. It's got over a hundred and some odd songs. It's got over f- 13 hours of music on it. Damn. Yeah, so I'm just going to... Um, Everything But The Girl is on there. Mastodon is on there. System of a Down. Which which System of a Down song? We've got... Is it's it Ariel's. Makeup? All right. No, I like Ariel's. Yeah. Ariel's good. I can play Ariel's on guitar. Oh, they're, they're wrong you can? Play. Yeah, it's a pretty easy riff. My friend taught me when okay. it was out. It's like... Dun, 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 that one. It is. There's also yeah, a, a string orchestra that does a cover of it that's really, really good. I love it when, like... There's classical arrangements of like, like alternative songs or modern rock songs. Yes. There's a violinist named David Garrett. I think he's Austrian. He sounds familiar. He's he's a strikingly handsome man. I must admit. Yeah. He's got blonde hair, long blonde hair. He wears in a ponytail. He almost looks like Skinny Thor, uh, and he does <laughs> violin. And he has a whole album that I I, I, I gladly purchased the album of um, rock anthems. Rock. And okay. Kicks, I first discovered him on YouTube because they did Smells Like Teen Spirit like with an orchestra. And it was goosebumps, how badass. And really, you when you hear it with stringed instruments and everything, that oh, song wow. is like hauntingly beautiful. It Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yes. Take away from Kurt's death and all that. It's just still like the whole vocal Very melody nice. played on a violin. And then he's in, a, he's in concert. He did one concert where he did the Pirates of the Caribbean theme this guy that guy yeah look at that long the, blonde hair on the guy he's like the fabio of violinist violinist but he's not just like a face he's like technically an amazing violinist he is a world record for like fastest violinist there's like a song that like wow. they do for competition to see who's like the fastest violinist mm-hmm. i think it's like flight of the bumblebees or something like that oh and he, youtube that shit he fucking set like a world record he dominated it Dang. so at first you're thinking to the outside world Whenever you see someone really good at looking, mm-hmm. that's also good. But sometimes you think, I bet there's someone out there better that's ugly. But this person got chosen. Right. They have you know, the like face. Katy Perry, Katy Perry sings two notes. I mean, it's fine. Her voice is interesting. It's unique. You know, there's, yes. a, lot of great, there's a lot of great, in quotes, singers mm-hmm. that, I'm using the quotes because they're not really great, but the voice, like Britney Spears doesn't have a great voice, no. but it's like unique. So that's why it it's is. like, oh, there's a sound to it. Yeah. There's some singers like that where you're like, oh, technically they probably couldn't hit every note, but it's it's a good sound anyway. Yeah. Uh, I, this dude, though, I, at first when I saw that, I remember thinking, oh, he's probably just like an okay violinist who had a really good idea. But there's a bunch of uggos that nobody wants to put because it's, it's the world of violinists. It's hard enough to get people to pay money to see a violinist. Right. They got this dude looking like Skinny Thor or Fabio, as you said. He actually kind of looks like, like Kurt skin. Cobain if you worked out he, and didn't do it. He everything. does. In that photo, he absolutely did. Yeah, so everyone check out David Garrett. Now, is there ever a time when you do your pole dancing and mm-hmm. you're like, that wasn't sexy at all. I don't feel sexy today. That was bullshit. It's hard not to. Actually, we were just filming a promo video for the studio, and I was free dancing. It was the first time I'd ever filmed my free dance. So I was very nervous because I don't know what I look like when I free dance. Um, I know what I look like when I do competition because it's like I rehearse it. And it's it's not actually like sexy because it's a competition. It's more like modern art, contemporary dance kind of a thing. Um, so I didn't know what I looked like 
and when I was getting like when I was starting I was like I don't feel sexy right now I just taught a class like I had like pizza the night before like I just ugh, whatever um but there's something about like that intention and the pole movement in general that kind of overcomes that once you start like moving you definitely need a song that resonates with you though that's for sure like that is step one and then you just kind of like rely on on the movement and then you, you get out of your head and then yeah I, that yeah. makes sense because there are times as a comedian where as soon as you take the mic out stand and once you get the first big laugh then you flow through yes. it but I, I also know as a comedian there are times where i'm like i have had a bad day and mm -hmm. one little thing goes wrong i take it out in the crowd and I, I'm famous for doing it in Ew. some regards. Um, I don't do it. I don't have any. When it comes to like percentages of bad sets, I have mm -hmm. a really good batting average. I have fewer bad sets than most comics. The mm -hmm. thing is with me, when I have a bad set, I turn it into an epically bad set by telling the whole audience, hey, go fuck yourself. You're a piece of shit. All the rest of these comedians on this lineup suck too. Yeah. Like, you know, I, don't, I just get full-blown like meltdown with it. So I'm wondering, does that happen in the world of pole dancing? Have you ever had it where, like, maybe you slipped a little bit and you're like, you know, fuck this pole, and like you lose your shit, just, the way, like an athlete would throw his bat, you know? Yeah, there's um, there's been moments Not you, where but have you ever seen anyone else do it though? No, I, I haven't seen anyone else, but I've had a similar moment where I start off with a song and I'm doing my free dance and I'm just like, I'm just not in it. And I'll go with an ang I'll stop and I'll go with an angrier song. I'll like pull, go deeper in my heavy metal playlist. Like that's where I'm like my soul lives and I'm like if I've got angst or whatever it is I get it out and then and then I go back to it and the fun thing about pole is like there's there's so many like different dynamic movements like you've got your spin pole which is like the pole actually rotates so you can like whip things and like there's whatever that it is that you're feeling this turmoil that you're feeling you can physically represent that on the pole and then on top of it like it kind of hurts like doing pole kind of hurts. Like you're holding and gripping onto this metal object with your skin. And so there's like there's like aggressive feedback that comes with it. So it's you can definitely take out your temper on pole. And it's like it's fine. It's not going ever, anywhere. Do you ever you're gonna climb lose. up a pole? Yeah, I got you. Like in grade school, did you ever climb up a pole? Do you guys have those like, poles hanging at your gym? No. So, Stop signs. In, yeah. Uh, yeah, see in my grade school we had these long poles coming down from the ceiling. And one of the things, which seems wildly dangerous now, you put mats what? down. But even if you put mats down, if you fall from seven feet or even longer than that, because it must have been, had to be to the top 15 feet. I'm not kidding. These were Chicago public school thing. And you'd climb up the pole and every dude knows for some reason it makes us feel really weird. Like the, your, your, your stuff gets mashed together. Anyway, yeah. when you talk about pole and how it hurts, I always will think of that. That's true. They didn't teach you how to climb it properly. That's no. Well, one they thing. teach firemen when firemen go down the pole. If you notice, they mm -hmm. kind of go a little wide-legged with the wrap around legs. You got the one leg there, and then the leg that wraps around to keep you on, in your base. You yeah. Kind of go a little bit wider with it. You don't. You don't get the legs too close because no. then, as you're going down. Yeah. I mean, that's not fun. Not, so not at all. No. See, women have a huge advantage in that world. This is true. You do not rack yourself as hard. Definitely not. But. So, it still yeah, happens. I'm sure, I'm sure there are injuries there. I'm sure there are yeah. definitely injuries for women. Where you're for like, sure. Do you wear, is there like padding you could wear? No. Like thigh padding or anything? Nope. No. The most that will, like padding wise, the most that will, um, equipment that we use to protect ourselves is knee pads. Because there's a lot, if, um, if you're doing exotic or like Russian exotic style pull, it's a lot of like 
floor work transition on your knees and heels like we were stilettos and there's like um heel clapping is a big thing in, in strippers too um where you're like hitting your heels together or you're banging them on the floor or it's you like thunder dance yeah or you dance on top of that shoe and you come like crashing down or it looks like you come crashing down like in my video actually um in the promo i do that handstand and then i flip forward and like i kind of kip forward into uh, a tabletop so that i come down on my on my um on my shoes to protect the the brunt so my knees don't get so beat up have you ever heard of a place that's in la it's called jumbo's clown, clown room, room. Have you been there? I have not yet, which is a it's, travesty, a travesty that I haven't. I've had people describe it as a strip club, because they don't really get fully naked. They don't, yeah. That you wouldn't be embarrassed to take female friends to. Yep, the pole the dancing is epic. And that's one of the epic centers of where like pole got really popular. It was in LA because of Jumbo's Clown Room. Now so you mentioned Russia. Is there yes. like a Russian influence on pole dancing? Massive. See, the funny about that is, the first time I ever went to a strip club was for my cousin's bachelor party. Yeah. And um, like, this is like 15 years ago now. Mm -hmm. And uh, the one dancer was like Russian and I kept being like, it's a bullshit accent. Like she was just like, <laughs> I'm Natasha or like whatever Russian name. Yeah. Like, who knows what name it was. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm Black Widow, she might as well have said. But like, I just kept going, it's a bullshit accent. And they're all like, no, no, dude, I think it's legit. Like you know, Russian women come over here to become like strippers and stuff like that. She's got skills. Yeah. And now that you mention it, I'm thinking, shit, maybe she was legit. I just thought it was fake. Cause why would, why would a Russian like immigrant, I mean, she was, she was very attractive, go to Ann Arbor, Michigan. Right. I just figured she was some U of M student help trying to get some money to pay off the student loans in the future. And through through the Russian accent out there, just to throw off any dudes who'd be like, "Wait a minute, Sarah, huh? I know you, Sarah." You know, <laughs> there is there is an odd amount of Russian immigrants in, in Michigan that I've I've come across, actually, which is interesting. It is um, interesting. All right, learn something new every day. I guess I was full of shit back then when I was. <laughs> you need to know about your Russian immigration policies. I should have been up. more accepting. I should have been like, "Yeah, fuck you." I don't know why yeah. I doubted her. I don't know. There's a there's a pole dancer that I. Um, have taken a lot of uh, classes with. Um, she's Russian, and she used to be a rhythmic gymnast, and so she has that background. And then you put that on the Russian style uh, exotic pole dance, and it is phenomenal. Like she is just like floating through air and just all strength and flexibility. And the comparison is definitely the thievery of joy. When I try, I watch her videos. I'm like, I want to be able to do that one day it's just it's exquisite so russians are are not to be messed with they're a fierce a fierce force for sure they really are on many levels yeah. yoga originated in india is that correct yes okay did is there like an origin story for pole dancing is it an american thing or do we take that from somewhere else where did pole dancing originate so i guess if you really go back to it china chinese pole chinese acrobatic pole is where that? that yeah that makes sense men doing that yeah that's right i mean china yeah. would dominate the olympics for male gymnastics gymnasts for oh a long my time. god yes well i mean they're so much shorter than us they're they're tiny time. compact muscle machines yeah they're yeah aggressive. that's not a, that's definitely not an era an area in which height helps you <laughs> not at all no. 
No. You know, it's just, you Second year over five, too. You're like, and your career's over. Good luck. Find something you interesting. Go. Yeah, there's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't you're be done. A, once you hit five, three, you're out of the jockey world. You're out of the oh, world of the jockey world. Yeah. Do you like horse racing? Man, I don't. Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't follow it. So I don't know if I like it. But I do love the movie Let It Ride. I've never seen Let It Ride. Oh, okay. That was Richard Dreyfus. Very Love cool. it. Right. I'll have to check that out then. Nice. Yes, please. Now, get to, now to get to a part that might be a little bit like of a downer, um, being a business owner at <laughs> any time is very stressful, yes. very difficult. Sadly, I think there's a lot going against non-huge corporate conglomerates mm -hmm. in, in the world of business that I think sucks. And now with you know, a global pandemic, I can't yeah. imagine how much harder it is. Give us a little insight on like some of the struggles you guys have dealt with, you know, as much as you want to. Yeah. And also, I didn't get this. You and I talked via text like uh, maybe a couple months ago about this. Yeah. What was the whole PPP thing and business loans and all that? Oh because we know like airlines were getting a ton of money and like PF Chang's got a bunch of money. Bruce and Curtis. was that, wh what were these business loans? Were they simply just to pay to keep your employees on while you weren't bringing in revenue or yes. what was the deal with them? That's, a, that's exactly what that's it was. Exactly the it. PPP okay. loan is for, um, it's 75% of it has to go to payroll. Um, and then the other uh, percentage can go to your mortgage or whatever, your rents, whatever other overhead costs that you have. And then for us, because we were brand new, we weren't, um, we didn't have employees. We had contractors because we were, you know, still we're one building a brand, but also trying to build a following. Um, and so we weren't able to have employees. So we got denied for the PPP. So, yeah, so it's been it's been really, really difficult. And our, our landlord is like, you know, trying to work with us to make sure that we can, um, you know, compromise on rent during this whole thing. But we had to show that we are denied for all this government assistance because we didn't qualify. So there's so many businesses out there that fall under that area, especially around health and fitness, because it's not everyone can afford to be an employee there. It's all contractor work. Yeah, so. I got a buddy, Mike Riccio, who started um, Mar Health and Fitness. I forget the whole name. Apologies, Mike. Um, he's, he's doing great stuff with his Instagram, a lot like you. And he was set to launch. And, and I think he made a launch maybe just like a couple months out. And it's like, oh, my God, it's just such bad timing for all this. Um, it's brutal. So, yeah, that's brutal to hear. And I know a lot of bars and restaurants around Chicago are kind of going under, but you think a lot of them would qualify? Do you think some of them are closing up because they're just doing the math on what the future may hold? Yeah, absolutely. I know a, a couple of buddies of mine who, who own bars um, have closed up completely. One, because they were kind of struggling to begin with. Like they were already in, in debt. The numbers weren't adding up. They were you know, trying to figure out what the the path forward was and then the shutdown happened and then even with the the government assisted um loans or grants they still weren't able to pill, like get down all that all that debt so the, the only way forward was just to close it down so it was legit a nail in a coffin for several of of my friends who, who own bars and restaurants in chicago um like had covid not happened i'm sure they would have like figured it out, extended some, you know, 
some paybacks or whatever they needed to do to, to keep things going. But with the, you know, limited capacity, you're only being able to either serve outside or 25%. Like there's just no way you can get to where you need to go. Yeah, so, it sucks yeah. because in one, I just think, you know, we as a country just mishandled every aspect of this Massive. s- massively and so much i think you know just to focus on the business side because that's you know you're a business owner so yeah it really kills me that they didn't just do a freeze on mortgages and on rents for like the duration of this and the only people that would hurt essentially would be banks but even banks it's yeah. like you're gonna get your money eventually and also hey assholes we bailed you out in 2008 you can't chill for a little bit You'll still get your ATM fees. You'll still get your service fees on every other little bullshit thing you have. I just, it it drives me absolutely insane on that. And as you mentioned, the PPP is still a loan. So isn't the implication that once things do go back to normal fully, that you'll have to eventually pay that back? You, You do. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's different requirements to make it less in, you know, it's, it's a loan with like air quotes. It's not like the most aggressive loan ever. Um, and I'm sure a lot of it will be forgiven if you're, you know, doing well and, you know, really trying to improve the business and hiring people and, and doing everything. I'm, sh- I'm sure it'll, it'll be like a student loan pretty much where it's like, it's real, but it's not real, you know, well, but those student loans have some shit interest <laughs> rates on them. You know, I'm married into that. Yeah. They uh, really do. Yeah, dude, they really, it's, it's, there's some really just things where it's like, we just did a little bit of difference. Um, I still have faith in a, a good American future, but there are just some things, even talking to you, I'm realizing why aren't we teaching yoga to kids in gym class across the United States? Yeah. Why isn't that a requirement? It absolutely oh. should be. I would have like looking back if I had yoga with my ADD in school and my dyslexia, oh my God, that would have changed my mindset so much. Like instead of thinking I was like an idiot, <laughs> I would have been like, oh, my brain just works differently and everything's cool. That's fine. Like it would have been it's such a game changer. Yeah, yes. totally agree. I, I wish we would see the problem is so much of, with education is that we're all under this belief that, well, this is how it was taught. Yeah. This is how we were taught, so we're going to teach other people this. There needs to be like a money ball approach, you know, for people who aren't in the world of sports and don't know that baseball reference. Michael Lewis, who writes a lot about finance as well, he's written a few really good books. He wrote The Big Short, which turned into a movie that, in my opinion, should have won Best Picture that year. I really believe it. The movie Spotlight won instead, which was also a great movie, but Spotlight. What did it do? It had you hating pedophile priests. I already hated them. You know, it wasn't yeah. like a fresh story in 2017 or whatever year that was. Not at all. Whereas the big short was talking about something that happened only seven, eight years earlier. And it was doing it in ways where you're like, holy shit, these fucking crooked. Like it made me like hate capitalism. You know how hard that is to do to an American, the average American. I know things have shifted a little bit now, but it made me being like these mother. Fuckers. Every one of these assholes should be in jail the rest of their fucking lives. They yes. preyed on the public. They're, oh, how corrupt, you know? <laughs> and that's what that movie did. We're like, Spotlight. I'm like, yeah, I already hated these fucking disgusting human beings. You know what yeah. I mean? So I don't know. I felt like. You already went into a, the movie with what the movie wanted you to feel. You're like, yeah. Yeah. I'm sold. Preaching like, to the choir. Flip me on Done. anything. Yeah. Whereas I felt like I came out of the big short, like, well, we got to, we got to <laughs> fucking, we got to round up some bankers and, and and hang them maybe i don't know you know um I'm not for bankers. a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> so
So Michael Lewis, uh, Moneyball, is about the 2002 Oakland Athletics, which was turned into a movie, in case you guys haven't seen it, starring Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill, great flick. The reason I say we need to take a Moneyball approach to things like education and maybe even business going forward is Moneyball was all about finding value where you hadn't found value before mm-hmm. and efficiency. It was about finding like places where you could become more efficient. And that's why I look at schools and I'm just like, there's so many things that a hundred years ago that worked, it doesn't, we're, we're beyond the things are better now. Um, yeah. Some schools are getting there slowly. Public schools are not, unfortunately. I went to a Chicago public grade yeah. school. I then went to an all guys Catholic high school here in Chicago. And the high school I went to, shout out to St. Pat's, they mm-hmm. actually are taking some initiatives, which, which is cool to hear where, I think it's been like five or six years they've been doing this now where everyone has an iPad. Every student has an iPad. Uh-huh. Which think about how nice wow. that is. You don't have to have a big backpack full of books. They just that's download the really books nice. yeah. onto the iPad. Now yeah. that's from a place of privilege being a private school. I know public schools face budget deficits for things like that. Yeah. But then again, I think it'd probably be cheaper as a whole instead of buying all these expensive ass books. I know the books are way cheaper digitally. Yeah, you can rent them. You can rent yeah, them digitally. Yeah, they could definitely have, I know they could get group deals and these companies yeah. would. I just think they need to come up with different ways of, like nurturing young people and further educating them. And even in the business world, like I talked to my cousin, he's actually in finance. I guess he's not technically a banker, but he's, he works for a bank. So uh, he could ignore everything I just said, buddy. Um, (laughs) He was talking about how like the older people, like the older executives, they don't get like how the younger like hires are. Cause they're like, when I was 26, I worked 70 hours a week. And cause they were getting people quitting when they're, we're trying to get that much and he was yeah. like well, working 70 hours a week is stupid because we have efficient technology now yeah. you know the shit that took you three hours they get done in 10 minutes yeah so that's why they're like fuck this i have other options i'll go work for another company i don't need to work here for this yeah. archaic model in which they you know the whole way understand how quickly things can be done now yeah the whole way of life has changed because also you think about these these people that were working you know 70 hours a week and they'd also stay at a job for 40 hours they're also like getting married in their early 20s so they had someone at home that ran the house for them right so it was yeah. a it was a partnership deal like they couldn't do that and maintain a home on their own without having technology to enable them to do so like we can today and also on top of it like millennials we we entered the workforce during a recession during the great recession and you're not going to get promoted up during a recession you're not going to get you're not going to make that money during a recession. So the only way for you to to get ahead is to leave a company to get the next job that pays more because it's not going to happen at a, a 30 to 40 tenure because you're already entering the workplace at such a, a low rate anyway because everyone's competitive. So you're damned if you, you do. So it's happening with millennials and now it's happening with what's this generation? Gen, Gen Z. Gen Z. Yeah. Gen Z. It's happening again. Names, so yeah. it's going to be even more of an ADD lifestyle. So it's going to delay everyone. It's They're going to stay at home longer because their debts are so high and then they don't have a competitive workforce to enter into. And then they're going to delay buying a home, delay having kids. So it's just going to create a very sluggish, like, effect on the economy moving forward. I think we're going to have to change a lot about the American way of life going forward because there's a huge ripple effect that's happening. You know, it's great that your landlord of the building that you guys have your studio out of wants to work with you. They're a smart landlord, I think. I mean, I don't know. It sounds like they are. Yeah. Because a lot of these landlords 
All right, say you kick out the small business currently occupying your space. Who yeah. the fuck's going to come in right now and start no a business? No one. Nobody. Nada. Yeah, nada. I, I've thought about it. every now and then there's a few bars for sale that mm -hmm. I go by every now and then, and I'm thinking, you know, if this next year works out okay and blah, 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 maybe I could get a few friends together, and I know we could do a great job. And then, yeah. I, then, then I have that moment where I'm like, what are you, a moron? Yeah. Who the fuck would want to even take that gamble right now? It's a huge risk. And it's I think a lot risk. of these businesses, I think I mentioned this on the podcast in the past, everyone's so sorry for repeating myself. A lot of businesses are now having people work from home. I know a lot of people who used to go to downtown offices who during all of this have been working from home and they already sense that their businesses are going to be like, hey, we're going to move out of this office. We don't need 25,000 square feet. Yes. We're going to move to another office where it's just a nice little conference room mm -hmm. and we'll get together maybe once a week to go over some stuff as a group. But for yeah. the most part, 80% of your job is now going to be working from home. Yep. That's, and so what's going to happen to all these empty offices once these businesses realize we no longer need this much space? There's going to be some sort of commercial real estate like um, bubble burst, I guess. It I don't really know what is. I'm looking yes. for. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So it's going to be a really interesting thing to see. You're talking yeah. about technology. You and I are doing this remotely. Yeah. And the sound's pretty good. Like every week I learned a couple yeah. new little audio tricks to make things a little bit clearer. Mm -hmm. um, so it sounds as good as it used to in the studio. I don't think it sounds as crisp as it did when, when I used to record out of a studio, but it's sure. getting there. And like, you know, I'm using StreamYard. They're updating their stuff constantly because they want to be number one in this game. Yeah, and so they should. <laughs> this is a space they, to go after for sure. Oh, hell yeah. It's, everyone you know, talks about how Zoom stock went through the roof. Insane. I didn't even know Zoom existed. Ah. I, like I thought, you know, Zoom does, there's a company called Zoom that does like these handheld recorders and stuff like that. Mm. So they're popular in that world. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same company, it'd be smart if it was. I only knew of Skype that I always kind of was like, whatever, there's FaceTime now. Who the fuck Skypes anymore? Right, nobody and Skypes. Who Skypes? Nobody Skypes. Nobody, right? Nobody. Exactly. Europeans, so, that's it. Yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm kidding, European listeners. I just think that, well, the one's conspiracy theory was that Zoom was part of this. They started the coronavirus because everyone's using them. Probably because their stock is insane right now. It jumped like an insane amount. And they had like all of their servers in China on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I don't like that people are coming for TikTok. There's a oh, whole thing where they're like, oh, everyone's going after TikTok. No, I, TikTok's like the one platform that I'm doing great on. Well, I'm doing oh, very no. well on YouTube. I'm approaching 10K on YouTube, so thanks to the YouTube subscribers. But TikTok, That's I've got amazing. like 23,000 followers. And now people are like, dude, they might ban TikTok. I'm like, fuck you guys. Oh, no. It's bullshit. Ban Twitter, where I've been underrated for a decade on that fucking thing. Yeah. I don't get it. I have, I have great tweets. I'll be cocky as shit. I have some really kick-ass tweets. You have some very kick-ass tweets. I had a tweet the other day that says, dude, I'll check my phone while I pee. Like, there's a way of saying, like, that's how obsessed with my phone I am. Got, like, four <laughs> likes. Like, come on. That's it. And, that's and so I relatable. Like, I feel like it is. As well, I think it's funny as a guy to be, I just... I like the visual of like, you know, back when you go to like public bathrooms, someone walking into like a bar bathroom, they just see me at a urinal like this, just scrolling, you know? Yeah. I think that's a funny visual. Or if you're, is, is the trough still at Wrigley Field for in the yes. men's bathroom? That's they a do great a trough, visual. Which is all you guys. Sink. Yeah. All you guys like facing, it's you're facing each other, right? Well, you know, it's I was like in, in the middle. commercial, right? Which have you ever one? seen that commercial? I, was in I don't think I have. I don't know what TV I'll, is. I'll send you the link. It was a Cubs okay. commercial that aired in 2018 during Cubs games and other other times when the Cubs weren't playing. It was me and actor Ike Barinholtz. No I had just way. one line. 
the whole concept, the Cubs had a hashtag that year of everybody in. So the concept, the concept of the commercial was like Baron Holtz, he's outside of Wrigley Field. He goes, yeah. this year, everybody's in. And he's like, this guy's in, that guy's in. And then he was like outside the men's bathroom, which, because if you go in the one door, it says in and then out on the other door, because that's yeah. how you try to flow the traffic in the bathroom. So he just points at the in, then it cuts him doing other stuff. And then it cuts him walking up to the trough and then going, you know what I'm talking about, brother? And I'm like, dude, we're in a bathroom. And I just like, kind of shake my head, but he like comes up next to me at the trough. You need to send this to me. I think I was in uh, San Francisco. When, you were, so you probably yeah. wouldn't have seen it at the time. Oh, send this to me. I love this. Because it was my first year back from L.A., and all my L.A. friends were like, dude, you in a Cubs commercial? That's perfect. And I'm like, yeah, I, I walked in, like, I'm like, this is my role. Yeah, this you have your first born the year that the World Series wins, and then you're in a Cubs commercial, Well, a few months right? after. A few yeah. months after my first son was born. Same, and I was on same a, year. Yeah, I was on a show, too. I was on a morning show in Chicago. Um, you, you remember onesie. that? I was on a morning yeah. show where they gave me Cubs onesies because yes. I told them that I had a deal with my wife that I, we would not have a baby until the Cubs won a World Series. You actually broke the curse. Like, and you yourself. Cubs won, baby a few yeah. months later. Timed perfectly. So I still, I said Amazing. I wouldn't do it. I didn't do it. Yeah. So anyway, if the Cubs were lost, I don't want to tell you what would happen. But <laughs> I'm, of course, kidding. Um, so yeah, you have a good landlord. They're working with people. I just wish that, it just makes me sad to see a lot of people who have like, like the bar, this bar Guthrie's in Chicago, they've been there forever. Oh, Guthrie's, known as yeah. a huge, yeah, huge first date spot. And I know they had their last night tonight or this was their last weekend. And people were writing in shock outside of the bar. First date, you know, June 2015, married uh, May of 2019. Oh. Like they're like, people are like doing that because it was such a, known as such a big first date hotspot. I totally it's sad didn't to see know a place that. like that going. And I just wonder, you know, so because, and, and people forget too. I think there is a disconnect between, like everything does get politicized, and I think mm -hmm. the far right and the far left are really hurting this country, the far both fars, you know, and it's so yeah. Because I know I hear people, I have a lot of friends concern themselves far left, and they just think anyone who owns a business is just rolling in dough, and every landlord yeah. is rolling in dough, and I'm like, I know a lot of landlords yeah. who inherited the building from their dead parents, yeah. and they make just enough money, they make a little bit, mm -hmm. they're not making a ton off of it. Nope. You know, this idea that they all own 50 units everywhere, that's just not true. So, you know, and some of them have, I know some people who they bought an apartment building, like a two flat or a three flat, mm -hmm. and they lived in one unit, rented out the other two. And yeah, they had some profit left over, but most of like 80% of the rent taken in was to pay the mortgage. And yeah. then with the other 20%, maybe they then eventually move into a single family home. But that's still, if all of a sudden that well runs dry, that, you know, Done. you have other bills. So I'm not yeah. even... And again, I'm not coming down on renters per se, because renters have gotten screwed over big time on this. Yes. And I just think they should have done a mortgage and rent freeze and, and just realized, hey, because people are losing their livelihoods to no fault of their own. Yeah. It's, it was a global pandemic. Yeah. Just, you know, we know bartenders who make a fucking fortune and that's the wells run dry. And hopefully Done. they'll extend that unemployment for a little bit longer as they should, because it's just a different world. People yeah. can't jump back into it like they used to. And I have no problem going into debt and deficit for fucking Delta Airlines, who exactly. nobody likes anyway, and United <laughs> and all these other huge corporations that people are like, you could fuck right off. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, we could, we, could go, we could go on and on about this shit. Let's talk about hockey, the first thing I feel like that bonded us together. Oh my gosh, okay. We met about 10 years ago or so through our good friend Steve Byrne. And uh, right away I started talking about the Blackhawks. As yeah. He was friends with a few of the guys on the team, so mm -hmm. we'd hang out with the scout see some of the players, talk to those guys. What do you think about the Seattle Kraken? 
the new team. Did you hear about this? New NHL team, the Seattle Kraken. I heard rumings or rumors, but I didn't know if it was official. It's official today, they announced it. Oh, my it. God. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I appreciate the location. I think that's better than, like, Texas. Atlanta, I know. <laughs> Although Nashville, they get behind their team, but I remember when the Atlanta Thrashers yeah. became a thing going, it's fucking 90 degrees down there all the time. Why would you want? Yeah. It's just not a place where ice hockey is big. It's not. Your pool, your your farm teams are in colder locations, like because that's where the culture is. You know, so it's weird. I mean, Tampa Bay Lightning works because there's so many East Coast retirees who are like, oh, this will be our adopted team now because we can yeah. go watch the Bruins and the Rangers. And uh, even Florida shouldn't have two teams though. Like the Panthers two. should get the hell out of there. Yes, I completely agree. So yeah, I'm, I don't like the name though. Seattle, the Kraken, really. It's weird Explain to, to me the octopus re- reference. I don't understand this. I think Kraken is all like, you know, release the Kraken was this like mythical beast. Yeah. People listening are probably going to be like, no, you're fucking way off because I'm not sure. No, it um, was. It was a. I'm, yeah, I'm putting context clues together. An that, octopus. Yeah, well, the one, it's like an anchor. The one logo for the Seattle Kraken is like an anchor that's like the space needle. It's like an anchor, but the space needle's coming out of it. So I actually think it looks kind of cool. Okay. Um, but some of the names have been weird. Like the Golden Knights could have just been the Knights. That would have been fine, I suppose. Yeah. Golden but then Knights you're not referencing though. the Golden Nugget. True. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did that from the casino. Only. Yeah. That's yeah. right. I forgot about that. Yeah, there's always a little history with some stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm excited for just sports to be back in general. Baseball is officially back. The home openers for the uh, Yankees and Nationals the were tonight. Today. Yeah. So I, I wanted to watch that game, but I was teaching, so I didn't see. So what's who it won. like teaching virtually? Oh, that's it's it's weird. Um, it's a little bit easier teaching yoga because I so like. There's not a lot of like feedback. It's like you kind of just do what I say, and I just watch you, and then I you know I cue the room um, or like the the gallery, I suppose you could say. Um, so it's a little bit. A little bit easier but teaching pole and then teaching like I could do uh, contortion style flex classes where you really have to be watching people and asking them like how do you feel and like like I need to see that again like do that on your other side and let me like inspect and watch you and you have this like screen that you're trying to zoom in on um, are they muted most of them are muted so then they have to like come by and unmute ask a question and then go back on mute and then like go back to it um, so do you, yeah. you want to hear them you want to hear them rip ass then that actually from a yoga perspective is quite beneficial because I my Sunday morning yoga class in particular everyone is like re- recuperating from some sort of hangover situation and it is and they tell me too they're like I am farting so much today so I'm going to go on mute. And I'm like, good, awesome. We'll do a lot of wind removing poses <laughs> for you off. today. They don't actually tell you. They actually yes. tell you and farting Oh my so gosh, much. absolutely they do. Absolutely. Oh my God, that's hysterical. Like, like, like you know me and I'm not a very, like, I'm a no, warm person. Very, you can tell me anything. <laughs> you really could have become, yeah. a, you could have been a therapist for sure. <laughs> I technically am. This is pole yoga studio is, is my, um, my therapy you gotta to office. Problems. It's almost like a bartender in a lot of ways. It's, it's very true. When yeah. you're doing yoga, have you ever stretched anyone out and they just totally just... Like, it's totally just happened. Yeah, it's totally happened. But that's the... What's the look? What's that's, the look? They're, they're like, oh, God, off. I'm so sorry. But I'm like, that's the point of yoga. It's called prana. It goes in and it comes out. Like, you know, the breath travels through the body. Like, I end every class in wind-removing pose for that reason. What? 
Ah, yeah. It's wind removing pose. I'm sorry. It's the farting it. pose. It's the where, farting pose. What is the farting pose? Hold on. Is it like, like that's where you get the legs up? <laughs> yeah, you curl up into a tiny we'll ball. We'll knock the whole thing down over here. Yeah, I'll start a yoga class right now. You curl up into the tiniest ball here, mm-hmm. and then forehead to knee, and you like push your knees into your chest, and you flatten your base of your spine to the floor. And this is after we do a se- like a sequence of twisted, twisting. So you're, we're like moving our intestines around, starting from the right side up your transverse abdominis down to the left, and then we squeeze it all out. This is why everyone's so relaxed after yoga. They've oh been farting God. for 25 minutes. Something yeah. to do with stretching and being limber. Absolutely. You just got all that gas out. You, and then you take the best shit of your life afterwards. That's why yoga's great. That does sound great. It now, does. Have you ever had someone fart so bad where you're just like, I need a man. I, I got it. Yeah, 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 class is in early. Everyone go home. And I, you, you think about what you fucking did. You think about what your daily routine has has resulted in. Yeah. I, I haven't yet. Class. Yeah, I haven't yet. But I do keep essential oils and a fan on 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 the side. So. What are yeah. the essential oils? I feel like. Why don't they make the farts yeah. just? You know, it's like someone who doesn't bathe, and then yeah. just put deodorant over it. I take a, my essential oils are lavender and eucalyptus, and I spray it on a towel, and then I fan the room. Oh, so it's just kind of like, yeah. um, you have like, it's, it's almost like a fancy air freshener. Not a fancy, yes. but what's the word I'm looking for? An organic air freshener. Organic air freshener. 100%. Are you into everything organic now? Um, let's see. You've everything been a organic. Eater, though. Yeah, I've been fairly healthy. One, because like, I, I love I love junk food and to in order to maintain the schedule that I do with like a, a career plus owning the studio plus like teaching the classes and then my own practice it's I, I can't eat anything that throws me off of this schedule so I do have to like by default eat pretty clean or if I know that I'm gonna go you know eat something that I know will throw me off. I have to like plan it in my schedule, which sounds terrible, but worth it to nice. have the I, life. <laughs> I might talk to you off air to see if I could get like some diet recommendations from oh my you. God. I got you. Okay, now I want to have a little fun with you though. We, we've oh, talked no. a lot of good stuff about, uh, I've learned a lot about yoga and pole dancing and I'm going to, I'm going to show up. We're going to have some fun with it. We're yes. going to film it. It's going to be a really fun. I'm so excited. It's going to be a really fun video to get out of that because I'm, it's going to be embarrassingly bad how I, how terrible I am at. And I've taught so many guys. Yeah, I've taught so many guys. You're going to be in good hands. Like I'm, I'm proud of myself that I'm, up until recently, like the only pole dance instructor that's had men in her class consistently. So I got you. We will not rack your nuts. And, (laughs) oh god, it sounds so painful. (laughs) And and we went once this whole COVID shit is over with. We are going to do it. We're going to combine pole dancing and stand-up comedy for awesome night of entertainment. Yes. We're doing comedian hosting, bringing up a pole dancer, then another comedy act, pole dancer. Com- and then I think it should end on pole dancing. And you yes. had a great logo that you designed. And then you also had yeah. a great name. Do you remember the name? Joke and Grind. Joke and Grind. I think it's badass. And, <laughs> and the logo was a stand-up comedy mic. Mm-hmm. With like a pole dancer around the mic, which I thought yeah. was really, I would wear that as a shirt. It was, sure. we're, we're going to make shirts. And I have an idea of how we can pull this off in the co- land of COVID that we will talk offline because it, it came to me the other day and I was like, oh, maybe All this right, is cool. the way. All right, we'll talk so we'll after talk. I'm done recording. Yes. All right, now let's end with some fun stuff. Okay. Uh, normally I'll save this for bonus, but I'm going to just bring this, I've been doing a bonus game of Fuck, Mary Kill. 
oh, God. With, uh, with everybody. <laughs> oh, no. I want to just give this right for free to the listeners. Everyone else, uh, try to support the Patreon if you can. It's as low as the $3 tier. It gets you all sorts of access to podcasts that had to be removed um, for different reasons, some legal. Uh, someone wanted a job, and they're like, hey, this is a top Google search. we got to take it down. Another person was like, I don't want to get sued for what I said about so-and-so. It's oh, wow. available on the Patreon for you, plus nice. some really cool bonus stuff. Anyhow, I want to play uh, – Fuck me. well, anyway, normally I would do favorites. I've been doing this, like, favorites thing. Okay. even though this is the Joe Kilgallen podcast, it was once called Kilgallen's Pub – it's still AKA Kilgallen's Pub. It's just easier for branding to just call it the Joe Kilgallen Podcast. I still Fair. talk about whatever I want. I still have silly <laughs> bar type conversations. Even though you're not a drinker, you <laughs> are, what's that? I'm not a drinker, but I do hang out at bars. You, that's what I meant. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry I said what's that, because for, no, I, I don't mean to say what's that rudely, but for a split second, I thought you said I am. Like, no, you didn't hear Joe? <laughs> I drink. I, thought, <laughs> I drink. This, I'm a total alcoholic now. This pandemic <laughs> has been rough on us all, and now I love Jameson. That's what I thought. I thought you heard like I am. Uh, yes, you're not a drinker, but you are a bar goer. Mm-hmm. Obviously, comedy shows, Blackhawks games. So hell yeah. yeah. Uh, so I would, before I was asking people their favorites, favorite shot, favorite alcohol, beverage, all this stuff. But mm. with you, we're just going to skip right to fuck, Mary kill. You ready for this shit? <laughs> hey, yes. Oh, so no. here's how I do it though. I do it a little bit differently. I recently had to clean out some stuff. So I have a big, huge bin of DVDs and I'm going oh, to wow. reach in. The bin's right next to me over here. I'm going to reach in, feel around, and pull three out at random. Okay. Now, based on who the actors are, so you're a sports fan. Maybe not, maybe in the future I'll take like a bunch of cards and, and pick athletes. So you can yeah, or do like there. a 30 by 30 or 30 for 30 or whatever that show was. Good documentaries there. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to pick them out, and then based on who they are, you're going to F, marry, or kill them. Okay. Men or, men or women. So who, who knows? All right, here we go. Okay. All right, let's see what I got. The first one. Ooh, this is funny because we mentioned him earlier. Oh, Richard my God. Richard Dreyfuss. So Peter... Uh, a Pretty Woman is the movie. Richard um, Dreyfuss. Richard, not Dreyfuss. Richard, Richard Gere. Gere. Sorry, Richard Gere. <laughs> Richard, I went right to Dreyfuss. All right, so Richard Gere will be your first one. I'm going to give you a man first and foremost. Although Julia Roberts back then. Holy shit. Um, right, I mean, one. Julia next. forever. Oh, my God. What? This is weird. Slapshot. Oh, shit. Record? We were talking fucking hockey. You made a Richard Gere reference. I pulled a Richard Gere movie. Oh. We were talking hockey, and I pulled Slapshot. Yeah, Paul. This is nuts. Mm. All right. So Paul Newman, clearly. Yeah, that, this is oh, Hanson tough. Brothers on the cover, too, but I'll give you Paul Newman. All right, hold on. <laughs> okay, this one's Ocean's 12. Now, here's what I do when it's a multi, um, yeah. multiple stars, an ensemble cast. Yeah. I got Ocean's one, 12 two, is not three. the best, but... No, Ocean's Eleven is great. Yeah. Um, Twelve, I didn't. Thirteen was okay. Thirteen was thirteen. They had to do thirteen because twelve was so bad. I would agree. Yeah. What was bad about the movie Ocean's Twelve? Everybody, Ocean's Eleven was so awesome because they then revealed how they did the thing they did. The heist yeah. was then revealed. It got mm-hmm. done. You're like, oh shit, how they do that? And then they reveal, and you're like, oh, that's fucking cool. Yeah. Oh, that's why they got the three games. Yeah. Oh, and you know everything came together, and you're like, oh. That's what was awesome. Ocean's mm-hmm. 12, they're like, here's how we're going to do it. They yeah. did it, and we saw it, and we're like, oh, I mean, where's the, where's the mystery? Where's yeah, the you don't get to piece it together yourself throughout the movie. No, they tried they to kinda... do one bait and switch where it was like, yeah. no, it's actually Matt Damon's mom. And even that just felt like it, it flopped. So, yeah. all right, so here's what I do when it's ensemble and there's a bunch of people on the cover. I'm going to number them and then have you pick a number between whatever to whatever. 
All right, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right, pick a number between one through eight. One through eight, I'm gonna go with six. It's Brad Pitt. Damn, you got the best choices. Brad Pitt, number six. So you have That's Brad so Pitt, hard. Paul Newman, or Richard Gere. This is like the hardest <laughs> F. Mary Kill of all time. It legit is. Oh my God. The reason I have Thigh High Boots is because of Pretty Woman, that movie. Not shitting you. Well, Thigh yeah. High Boots are underrated. Anything Thigh High. They are. I don't know a single guy who's not a fan of Thigh High. I don't know either. They should have more of them. Or woman, for that matter. That's Doesn't matter what we always think, right? So true. So true. <laughs> Look at me being all fucking 2020. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. All right. I, I mean, it's tough. It's I very really, tough. I really don't know. This is so hard. Because you like them all for different reasons. Different. So different. Richard Gere. So, all right. Let's see now. Paul okay. Newman, by the way, might have the only person I'll ever admit has better blue eyes than me is Paul Newman. Um, it's so true. He's got some really good blue eyes. Yeah. Uh, he's always had gray hair. He's one of those dudes that I feel like was 29 and went full gray and just worked. Kind of yeah. like that dude from Mad Men. Yeah. That guy from Mad Men who also played like Tony Stark's dad. That dude has had white hair since he was like 26. Yeah. And um, I mean, Brad Pitt is Brad Pitt. He's Brad Pitt. He's a good dude. Yeah. Richard and now Gere, he looks like. He looks is... like. Um, oh my God. I'm forgetting. His, Robert Redford. Like he, Brad Pitt is aging beautifully. Beautifully. My own father, after he saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which he was a big fan of the movie, he said that Brad Pitt, the best hair. Yeah. He's got oh, the best the, hair. The best hair. He could grow in nine different ways. I tried growing my hair out long recently, mm -hmm. and it's just, it's getting, like, I got, like, some strands that could go, like, way past my, like, nose even. Look at this. It's getting long, but I can't, it's like, This is very 90s grunge weird. of you. It's it is. Probably weird. 90s grunge look. <laughs> All right, Caitlin, I'm sorry. Right. Clock's ticking. I gotta, okay. I gotta, I gotta be adamant about it. Okay, so sorry. Um, I think I'll start off with, I'll fuck Brad Pitt, because he's not, he, he, He's, he's not the marrying kind in that it lasts. We know this. He's got a terrible track record with Smart the move. most beautiful women ever, ever. He can't hold it together. So, he, yeah, he, he's going to go in the fuck. So it's between killing off Paul Newman. Oh, he's already dead. So maybe. Hmm. Or Richard Gere. That is really tough. Because Richard Gere, I mean, they're both silver-haired foxes. Oh, my God. But what's Richard Gere done lately? What's you know? he done lately? Exactly. Richard Gere's already dead. Yeah. Did you not physically kill him? I know. Runaway Bride? One, not Caitlin. great. Not great. Okay, here one, it is. Sorry. I'm going to marry Paul Newman, and I'm going to kill Richard Gere. That's what I thought you'd do. you yeah. got to marry the guy who was in Slapshot. Slapshot, I know. Come on. Know. Hockey fan like yourself, that's an all-timer. Yeah. Such a great comedy, too. He's been in so many good roles. Even his last roles so were, uh, what, Road to Perdition? Fantastic. So good. He does a voice of one of the cars in the movie Cars. Does he really? Yeah, um, Doc Hudson, who's like uh, Lightning McQueen's mentor. I don't know if you what? know the Cars franchise, everybody. Wow, I didn't know actually, that. They brought him back for the third one, Cars 3, which came out in 2017, by piecing that, you know, they, they had his, his voice enough where they were able to make him do sentences, which okay. is always a little weird to me. It's like Tupac you know, coming back. I feel about that. Yeah. Yeah, but it'd be like Tupac having a new song, though, out of someone putting together every word he's ever said. Yeah. You know, I wonder, say, say, oh, I don't even want to think about this. Let's not use Tom Hanks then. Let's no. say, um, let's say that Tim Allen dies, and then they want to do a Toy Story 5. 
I don't, I don't want anyone to die, everybody. But say they do Toy Story 5, and they're like, well, we're not going to replace Buzz Lightyear. We literally have audio of every word that Buzz would possibly say. So we're just going to treat the script like normal and use this auto-generated Tim Allen voice. I don't know. I think that'd be a little weird. It's a little weird. Where does the money go? It was but a state? Probably. Possibly. Yeah, the same I money think that, so. that a, a dead art, a dead musician would get. The same you know money that John Lennon gets or Elvis, you know. You'd have to. Yeah, have to go there. All right, Caitlin, this has been a lot of fun. I mean, thank you so much for taking your time, and I know you're a very busy woman, as as we all know. Another cool thing that Caitlin, only time I've ever shot guns in my life that I'm going to oh, tell people. Yeah. You guys don't know what the fuck I do. Right. The first time I shot guns, <laughs> I've actually really this is actually the first time yeah. was with Caitlin Marco. That reminds me, free up your Labor Day if you if you can. You can also bring the kids if you want to have guns around your children at a young age. But we're doing yeah, that again. We're doing the Labor Day gun outing because it's like COVID friendly. It's outdoors and we'll have masks on. You should be socially distanced with a gun. So probably, <laughs> you absolutely should. All right, everyone, make sure you follow Mad Dog Marco on Instagram. Thank Check you. out uh, where would they go for like information on online classes. Oh yeah, so we're teaching online and in person now. Um, so we're streaming all over. Oh, yeah, so excited. We're streaming all of our classes. Um, so you can go to flyclub.studio and we have everything online. So that's nice though too because I could have, I do have listeners, I think only 50, maybe a little, little less. I think last time I checked, it's been a while since I've looked at any kind of numbers because it's COVID. So I don't really, yeah. you know, I'm just trying to have fun with this thing. Right. <laughs> no, you know, it's weird though. I read a whole thing about how podcast listening is down because people normally listen to podcasts oh, as part of their daily commuting. routine. Yeah. And they're commuting. So people are commuting less, they're doing all this stuff. So mm. even like the huge podcast followings yeah. are actually down. That's um, disappointing. I think I saw that because after the Joe Rogan podcast, Joe Rogan Experience was announced the $100 million deal. Yeah. You know, COVID happened shortly after that. And then I read an article where it said podcasts actually are down as a whole, but so is like all radio. The only thing that's doing great right now is streaming. Streaming uh. stuff's doing really well because people are still going to stream things and watch video movies and all that kind of thing. Yeah, like Disney Plus's subscriptions went up and subscriptions to other things went up. But as far as like podcasts, that was part of the routine, working out. People go to the gym, pop a yeah. podcast in. They're not going to their normal gym. They're not, you know, that kind of thing. So I haven't been looking at numbers because I'm like, I just want to focus on it, it being good. And which That's I should, if I'm focused on it being good, I shouldn't bitch about people not listening for fucking two minutes to end the podcast. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, though, uh, I know that I would say the majority of my listeners are not in Chicago. I think I've got like maybe 40 to 45% that are in Chicago. Cool. So the virtual classes, if you're listening in Mountain View, California, which I have a lot, in, yeah. I noticed randomly. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening out there in Mountain View, if you're listening in Denver, San Francisco, wherever, you yeah. could take classes and Caitlin, I know Caitlin very well. She's one of the best people I've ever met in my entire life. I, I gotta imagine you're an amazing teacher. I'm I'm a pretty good teacher. I like to I like to think so. But go. yeah, we I do host a lot of uh, people in California for my Sunday class. So bring them. We'll perfect. We'll, we'll get everyone farting. It'll be wonderful. Everyone farting together across America. That's what <laughs> we need. America. That's what this country needs. <laughs> Have we thought about relief. that? Have we thought about protesters and police getting together? Just let them rip. Yeah, you know, farting it out. That might be the way. That, that might, might be, be the, the way. way. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Joe Kilgallen podcast. Don't forget, if uh, you're not already, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Click that bell icon for notifications. I've been posting like five to six new videos a week, clips from the podcast. I found an old stand-up clip. Not old, but one I haven't posted yet. It's only from like two years ago uh, today. So check that shit out. You can listen to my albums on Spotify and Apple and all that other good stuff. 
And don't forget about the Patreon, patreon.com slash Joe Kilgallen. Uh, for Caitlin Marco, thank you very much, Caitlin. Thank you. Everyone, make sure you follow her on Instagram. That's a, at Mad Dog Marco on Instagram. Thank you guys so much. Cheers.